Hi everyone, I'm Liam Saniel from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Victor Arieta, a postdoctoral fellow in the Department of Neurosurgery at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. Dr. Arieta recently joined us for a webinar where he highlights the link between PERC activation and improved survival in recurrent glioblastoma patients using anti-PD-1 immunotherapy. Let's jump right in. So Victor, what might account for the varied responses to PD-1 blockade in glioblastoma patients, given that some show no difference while others experience prolonged survival? Um, okay, thank you, Liam, for um, for all this present for all this introduction and everything. And well, that's a really good question and one that underscores the complexity of the tumor microenvironment and patient heterogeneity in, in gliomas. Um, now, something that I want to mention before uh, answering this question is that, based on the previous clinical trials that, as well as studies that have been performed in our group. We believe that responsive GVM patients do not represent a big proportion of all patients. However, we believe that the accurate identification of this small subset of patients could provide them with a meaning, meaningful clinical benefit. Now, uh, several factors might contribute to the varied responses to PD-1 blockade. Uh, particularly, we believe that immunocellular uh, states and the interaction between tumor and immune cells may might have a, an important contribution to immunotherapy. Uh, for instance, the presence of certain immune cells such as T cells or a specific subset of myeloid cells like microglia, activated microglia specifically, can promote or inhibit the efficacy of PD-1 blockade. Um, and another important factor, uh, lastly, for um, that contributes to uh, these varied responses to PD-1 blockade is the um, overall immune health and profile of a patient. Uh, for instance, factors like previous treatments, immune cell count, and um, other concurrent illnesses can also modulate uh, this efficacy. Um, for instance, in fact, one, one of the hypotheses that we have is that PIRC might be a reflection of the influence that the tumor immune microenvironment has on the tumor phenotype. And this is based on previous studies led by Toshiro Hara and Itai Tiraj that have been shown that myeloid cells uh, can modulate the phenotype of glioma cells to become more immunogenic. So um, it is important also to consider these factors. Excellent. Uh, great answer. Um, all right. Given the potential of PIRC as a predictive biomarker, how do you see this influencing patient selection for anti-PD-1 therapy in the future? And what are the potential implications for improving outcomes for these recurrent GBM patients? Well, um, I, I believe that the identification of PIRC as a potential predictive biomarker is, is exciting. Uh, I think if, if its role is validated further and it could support uh, patient selection for anti-PD-1 therapy. So instead of uh, one size fits all approach, we will be able to selectively treat uh, glioblastoma patients most uh, most likely to benefit from this therapy based on their PRC levels. Right now, we are working on a, a project in which we are trying to use methylation data to determine the activation of the MAP kinase pathway. Um, I think the advantage of using methylation data in addition to immunostochemistry is that 
is now widely available in several institutions in uh, in the country. And in addition, it overcomes any issue with tissue processing that sometimes can be a challenge for uh, immunohistochemistry. And finally, uh, leveraging advancements in bioinformatics and bio in computational techniques, the rich data from methylation profiling can enhance the precision in identifying patients likely to benefit from immunotherapies. Yeah, very cool. Uh, exciting work. Um, how do you see the role of multiplex immunofluorescence and single cell RNA sequencing evolving uh, in future glioblastoma research, especially in relation to deciphering uh, tumor immune interactions? Well, um, yeah, I think that will be very important for uh, mostly for the effects derived from new therapies, I believe. Uh, both multiplex immunofluorescence um, and single cell RNA seq. Um, are transformative tools for sure in, in glioblastoma research. Um, I think multiplex immunofluorescence uh, provides spatial context, uh, which is vital to understand the interplay between tumor cells and the immune system. Um, in the future, I foresee a more integrated use of these techniques. I think combining the spatial resolution of multiplex immunofluorescence with the granularity of single-cell RNA-seq can provide a comprehensive picture of tumor immune interactions. Uh, and something also to mention that is very important is that over the past few decades, numerous clinical trials uh, targeting glioblastoma have aimed for just positive clinical outcomes, uh, which is very important, of course, yet many of these studies lack correlative analysis to ascertain effective drug concentrations in the brain or assess the experimental drugs impact on the tumor and its immune microenvironment. So I believe that these technologies will be instrumental in evaluating the biological efficacy of upcoming therapies in glioblastoma patients. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Um, next question here. Are there any other potential biomarkers that could be used to predict response to immunotherapy in uh, GBM? There, there are some uh, that have been described and published in, in the recent years. Um, unfortunately, several of the uh, biomarkers that are used for other cancers have not been effective for glioblastoma patients. Uh, and these include, let's say, uh, mutational burden, uh, PDL1, um, even. Um, and so some of these have not been very, very effective, but uh, very recently, for instance, there have been some insights uh, like uh, um, indicators of the DNA replication stress that was uh, published by uh, Daniel McCrell uh, recently, which suggests that this could be a potential biomarker. Um, also, there are uh, some reports that shows that um, um, mutations in the pole gene can be uh, um, particularly uh, important for response to immunotherapy, where there are some glioblastoma patients that have exhibited incredible, incredible responses to these immunotherapies, but this still needs to be um, um, consolidated as well, I believe. Definitely. Um, all right, another great question here. Uh, did you use a set multiplex immunofluorescence panel, uh, or did you uh, create your own? And what were the most critical factors you considered when developing this uh, multiplex immunofluorescence panel for glioblastomas? 
Well, we developed our own uh, panel for multiplex immunofluorescence, and this was done in collaboration with the help of the immunotherapy assessment court uh, with uh, Surja and, and, and Megan and Rashita. Um, so we developed it here uh, in, as a team. And I think one of the, uh, or several critical factors for, for the developing of these markers were, I, I, I would say the specificity and sensitivity of the antibodies. Uh, those were very, very important. Um, also the tumor heterogeneity uh, was a very important factor um, to use multiplex immunofluorescence, especially for glioblastoma. Um, we also um, um, considered, obviously, like the hypothesis that we had to uh, to to then answer and and evaluate the questions that we had to uh, specifically for for PIRG and the assessment of the tumor immune microenvironment. Um, and another important. Uh, aspect of, uh, of this technology is that um, Akoya has this technology that is able uh, to amplify the signal for specific markers. And this was very important for us, particularly for microglia, to identify the abundance of microglia. So that was also super useful when developing these panels. Awesome. Um... Another one here. Can you comment about tumor tumor heterogeneity and PD one blockade in glioblastoma? Um, and also, can you comment about the value of multiplex immunofluorescence in studying this heterogeneity? So definitely. Um, yes. Uh, as we have been discussing, these tumors are characterized by remarkable intratumoral heterogeneity and even intertumoral heterogeneity. Um, both at the genetic and the cellular level. Uh, and we believe that this heterogeneity can influence therapeutic responses, not just for immunotherapy, but for other types of therapies. Um, so for instance, taking into account these factors, we believe that some regions of the tumor might be more immune responsive than others, um, leading to varied outcomes with immunotherapy. And I believe that multiplex immunofluorescence allow us to visualize multiple targets simultaneously within the tumor microenvironment and also to capture the interaction between tumor and immune cells and even other stromal components. Um, so I believe that um, this was very useful. Initially, we were, uh, we were not aware that, uh, that we were going to find something specific for, for microglia. And I think that uh, that also sheds like on the role that microglia could have on response to PD-1 blockade as well. Yeah, some really good points. Um, was the multiple immunofluorescence done on whole slide or regions of interest? And did you use an intensity threshold for peer uh, positive versus uh, negative? Yeah, so um, what we did for this is that um, as you as you can imagine, several of our tumor samples would have um, normal brain or, or peritumoral brain regions, um, and and of course the the tumor tissue as well in in the same slide. So uh, we worked together with Dr. Krakowinski, who is the uh, neuropathologist and also um, the the director of the the tumor bank here at Northwestern University. And uh, he helped us to um, to delineate all the tumor regions in in the slide. 
So we focused specifically on, on these regions. So what we did was to uh, perform a whole slide scan, and then we focused specifically on, on these tumor regions that were selected by Dr. Uh, Horvinsky. And then um, with regard to the, um, to the intensity threshold for PIRC, so we use um, PIRC, um, so we knew before because we, we did uh, immunosochemistry uh, against PIRC, so we, we knew which samples were high on, on, on PIRC. So we used these, um, these samples as a reference to, to then quantify and, and, and determine the parameters for uh, the microscopy during uh, the analysis of all tumor samples. So basically we use a positive samples uh, for PIRC and then we use those parameters to analyze all the, all the tumor samples. Fantastic, yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, it looks like we just have one last question here. Um, Victor, what analysis software did you use for these uh, multiplex immunofluorescent studies? Yeah, so um, we used several several techniques, but the most important one was uh, Inform um, to for, to do the processing of the of the images. Um, so Inform uh, allows us to do the phenotyping, and then uh, to, first we did like cell segmentation phenotyping and. Uh, further quantification of all the uh, mens, main cell types in glioblastomas. And after processing the data with, with Inform, I did several analyses, uh, but these were performed in R. And these were, um, so these analyses were done to, uh, to mostly visualization of, of, the, uh, of the cell types uh, that we had in, in our tumor samples. But the primary software was informed and followed by, by different R analysis. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.